Hello, and welcome to Socially Savvy, proudly broadcasting live from the Washington State Wine Awards in Seattle. I'm your host, L.B. Duchess, with co-host Jason Rendon of Seattle Wine Exchange. Hello. And guest host, Stacey Lill of DeLille Cellars and O-Wines. Hello, both of you. After a few technical difficulties and and not being able to get connected, we finally made it on air. We did. So hopefully all of you who are trying to listen or we're trying to listen will reconnect. I'm going to try to put up a little Twitter and a Facebook, let everybody know that we are are in fact online. So um, welcome everybody. I'm so freaking excited to be here and now that we're finally up and running. You know, isn't this fun, this whole wine and restaurant awards? I've done this a number of years in a row and it's always so exciting to be here amongst my peers with all their great energy and these yummy wines. Oh, and, and to be able to walk around, I mean, you come and there's 50 different wines being tasted. Yeah. And and I don't know how many wines are, are represented, how many are going to get awards. We um, just this morning got a, a listing of different categories that are going to be honored today. Yep. Um, and I'm going to have Stacey and Jason here go over some of those. But um, we want to thank you for joining us. If you'd like to call into the conversation today, give us a buzz at 323-843-6090. Today's show is brought to you by House Wine and Girly Girl Wines, Washington Wines Maver Enjoying and Drinking Today. We're chatting on Socially Savvy, the art of wine drinking and tasting. Of course, we'll be covering socially acceptable and unacceptable and socially savvy hints, as well as announcing the contest for winning tickets to one of Seattle's sexiest events, Venice is Thinking. Can't wait for that. It's a formal charity ball organized by Epiphania Events, and a percentage of all of its proceeds benefit various local nonprofits. So follow the buzz on Twitter with hashtag VenisonBall. How's yeah. everybody doing? Has, has everybody gotten their, their first glass of wine here? Has everybody kind of oh, first couple and a lot more. It? You know, yeah. it's been really great. Well, I'm really excited because we get to start off with, of course, one of my favorites from Stacy Lil's The Lil Cellars, and you're gonna have to say how we pronounce this one. <laughs> we are starting with the De Lil Cellars Schiller Estate Blanc. It's the 2011, and this is a Sauvignon Semillon blend, which is aged in 70% new French oak. It's got a very hearty appeal to it, and it's really perfect for winter. It goes well with root vegetables and hearty foods. It's just a robust wine that I love, and uh, this was on the Wine Spectator Top 100 two years in a row. Well, it is spectacular. It's delicious. I think we should have a toast to kick off the yeah. show. What do you think? Here we go. I think we totally should. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. What's that clinking going on today? I like it because it. it's light, and, and like we were talking about earlier, this one goes well with any kind of food. And it does. And actually, for those that show up over here, have been there, who are in the crowd, we have a lovely uh, oysters that go well with this wine. Can't tell you how nice it is. Um, yes, they have, that was one of the things that really impressed me is they have these these foods going around that everybody gets to try. Um, they know that everybody's going to be indulging in quite a bit of wine, so they they get yes. some very good foods to be able to uh, they do keep us <laughs> on track. <laughs> Stephanie, at gala event, we have quite a lot of wineries here, and their their show, like we said earlier, there's going to be quite a bit of awards going on. Looking forward to that. It's going to happen here in the next uh, 45 minutes or so. Really I hear, I hear they're going to be running a little bit late, but that's okay. That works for us. I think that's what happens in all winery events, you know. Uh, we're going to have the uh, Walter Cor Honorarium. Honorarium? Sorry. Honorarium. Yeah, this, this year they're doing more. They're doing, uh, like, Restaurant of the Year, and they're doing uh, <clears throat> they're doing uh, uh, Sommelier of the Year, Best Event Featuring Washington Wines, Best Restaurant Group. Stuff they're doing more so than what they've done in the past of just wines. They're trying to expand on it. Well, and that's you know. some of those things, like you mentioned, um, that are new this year that you did not mention, actually. It was the Distributor Salesperson of the Year, Distributor of the Year, the Tourism Champion of the Year, and the Tourism Concierge yes. of the Year, which is fantastic because that really helps bring Seattle together, together a little bit more with the food, wine, and hospitality oh, component. Well, you know, and that was what was such an honor for us to be able to come in and broadcast from this because, you know, food and wine, those are the epitomes of being social. Yep. That is the cornerstone of what makes us social and, and how we interact. You get food and wine together, and everybody can kind of fall into uh, some kind of an ease, typically. They, they'll they yep. find their niche, or they'll find somebody to connect over food and wine. It's amazing what those two things, how quickly they can bring people together. 
We're bringing in uh, Retailer of the Year, Retailer Group of the Year. Uh, Retailer Group of the Year, by the way, is a, uh, a larger company that goes around. They have multiple locations, whereas Retailer of the Year is individual, uh, small mom and pop, from what I understand. Uh, independent Retailer of the Year, Retail Steward of the Year, which is somebody at a retail store that knows their wines, who's been really in, uh, upfront in the industry. Uh, distributor of the Year for those that don't sell wine. Uh, wines generally are distributed by distributors uh, versus go directly to the winery, which now since the law change you can do. Uh, but distributor of the years, we've got a handful of different ones that have a wide selection. Uh, they call it a wine book of uh, different uh, the wineries that they have. And what I've been told about how you get part of that is is that if you have a good wine book, that have a good selection of wines, and you know your wines just from a, from a company point of view, that's how you get on it. And then, of course, distributor salesperson is that uh, person who is selling the wine, not just to sell it. It's really easy to go, hey, buy my red wine, buy my white wine. But if you're a distributor salesperson who's like, oh, you know, I'm featuring, you know, the little sellers, and it has this flavor, and it, and I, you know, the and you know the story behind it, you'll tend to get more sales. That's how you get on that. So. And of course, don't forget we got the last two, which are the uh, Grand Award and also the Award of Distinction, which there will be multiple winners in both categories. So this is just, it's exciting, and I can't wait to see who wins the awards this year. Yeah. I am well. What was so funny is they were very secretive. They wouldn't even tell us the nominees. They wouldn't give us a hint or a clue. So it's going to be a surprise for, I think, pretty much everybody. Yes. Definitely. Pretty excited about it. Okay, well, let's go ahead and start off with our socially savvy hints. Um, this is where we start off subtle. And um, with our topic being um, socially savvy art of drinking and tasting, my socially savvy hint is when going wine tasting, remain open-minded and ask nice questions. True. Which is a good one. Um, I think a lot of people get kind of confused in, you know, they want to ask questions, but sometimes um, our skills at delivery are lacking. So I always try to tell people, if you're not used to um, asking questions in, in what your friends would consider a nice way, kind of predetermine how you're going to say things. Because when you're going to these events, you really want to make sure that you're enhancing the event. Yeah. You're making a difference in a positive way that you're not pulling away from that event. Definitely. I think that it's also important with what you said that um, there are uh, ways to ask questions that are um, probably uh, nicer as you're saying it. But at the same time, don't feel at all like you shouldn't ask a question because you're intimidated by asking a question. Oh, totally. I know that... I, well, I know that our staff at our tasting room is very knowledgeable and, hands, and, and really happy to answer any and all questions about wine, whether it's a simple or a complex question. And there's just constant learning for all of us. There's so much information in the wine industry. I know for me, I'm learning something new every day. Oh, you do? Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's, that's one of the romances of wine is that it changes like life does. It's never the same. Um, you can have the same roots. You can have the same everything and there's so much of nature that just tweaks things that it's always a new experience. Definitely. I think uh, my socially uh, savvy hint of the day is for those that are in the retail wine business or want to be, how do you conduct yourself at these type of trade events? Uh, a lot of times people, you know, I hear you just, you know, tasting in general. You don't have to drink it. You can swish it around your mouth, taste it, and then spit it back out. Don't be afraid to do that. And, you know, right now, like uh, LB said earlier, we've got, I don't know, what is it, almost 200 different bottles here looking oh, down the oh, road? easy. I mean, some of and the wineries have maybe two that they brought. Some of them have four. Four. I mean, it's, if it's you drink really hard. It, you're going to be pretty tipsy. <laughs> what I recommend, and like uh, we did this, I did this, I don't know about you, but uh, I went through and I saw the list and I saw what's going on, and I have my favorites to go do first, and those are the ones that I actually will drink and swallow. And then now the other ones were all kind of, you know, spit it out. And uh, <clears throat> it's important because, and then also take a break, take your, your taste buds, get a little over tannic, get a little tired, and all your taste is this alcoholic kind of red, grapey thing. It's red good to take thing. a break from it. <laughs> and what I was saying is that my socially savvy hemp is it's okay to spit it out. It's okay not to drink the rest of it, you know. Well, and, and I think that it's important if you do spit, which spitting is very, very appropriate in the wine industry, but yeah. there is a polite way to spit as well. Yeah, yeah let's, It's not across the we're room. Not, we're not going, yeah, we're not going back to high school where we're doing a spitting contest to see how far we can spit. Be discreet. Be discreet. Be polite. Be 
try to be as quiet, you know, and this is where it gets a little bit com- conflictory because when you have somebody who's truly tasting wine, they swish it around in their mouth. Some people will accentuate that sound by how open they have their mouth. Well, adds more air to well, it. You, well, that part is okay. The spinning part doesn't need to be loud. <laughs> Just don't make slashing sounds. Well, um, you know, one of the things that I've seen that I think is very um, appropriate when spitting wine, I've seen um, professional tasters who actually will carry around their own little, little uh, spiral. Styrofoam cup or some kind of a cup that they just discreetly spit yeah. into when they're done swishing it around their mouth and getting the entire mouthfeel plus the flavors and they feel like they've gotten out of it what they would like to. It, right. They discreetly put it in their own cup. Oh, yeah. It's definitely kind of something to look at so if I can go, Ugh. And I was going to say one other thing is that if you're drinking wine, you go to the table and they're getting ready to pour, it's okay to say, hey, give me a short pour. They yeah. understand. The I don't do. want a full two rounds pour. Just give me my half an ounce. I just want to taste it. You know, if I'm interested, I'll ask for another one and they'll give you another one. But it, and also they recognize that and they'll give you short pours. And then for those that feel bad by dumping it out, there. They only give you a half ounce. You're done. Well, and you know, sometimes people wonder um, if they go to different tasting areas, why are some wineries only pouring a very small amount right. versus others? And like you just said, one is so that they can try the wine and maybe not be wasteful. But there are also some laws in the state at certain events that only allow wineries to pour an ounce or two ounces oh, yeah. of wine at a time. Well, we talk about this all the time. We're like, you know, when you go to a winery and you give your five bucks and you taste, you know, you know, three different wines, four different wines. Do you realize that's an ounce or two rounds? You know, pretty soon you're up to a glass of wine, and you have three different tastes or four different tastes. In Woodenville, I know most of them do five. That's a full glass of wine. If you can go through three or four wineries to still be standing, I, I'm yeah, good for you. The, <laughs> well, <laughs> and it really is the responsibility of the pourer um, and consequently the winery to make sure and pay attention that people aren't being overserved. And one thing that many people, we get, we do get people from time to time in the tasting room who will say, I have a town car, I have a driver, um, pour me a big, huge, beautiful glass. Yeah. Well, um, just because you have a town car doesn't give free license to drink up. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Washington Wine Law does not allow anyone to um, pour someone who appears under the influence. I think that's a lot of it's important to say that because, you know, being in the wine industry, there's a lot of times when people just keep drinking and drinking and drinking. And sometimes, you know, that we'll talk about that. It's socially acceptable. But, you know, know your limit. We've said this before. Wine event. It's okay to say no. And, um, you know, know what you're going to do. I think a lot of people, get, they get caught up in the whole idea of an event, and it's like they don't want to miss out on anything. I think it's important to realize that these tasting rooms are there all the time. Yeah. They love what they do. And they, they're they not just doing this because of a specific back. event. Um, if you come back on an off day, like, you know, I mean, I know Passport over in Woodenville is always this great event, and oh, I even fabulous. feel like I don't get to try enough wines. Um, so I think when you're coming to wine events where there is a lot of wine to taste, I think it's kind of one of those things where you've got to pick and choose and then go around and maybe grab cards of ones you're interested in yeah, and, come and make trips into Woodenville, make trips to Yakima or to Prosser or wherever. Well, certainly these types of events are not intended for people to go around and just drink, it drink all. up all the wine, but to also <laughs> just be aware of the different wineries and learn. And I know that for me, some of the greatest events, the, the romance and the experience of the events oh, are in trying yeah. just a few oh, of the yeah. wines and being able to talk about them to the people that I'm with and be able to share different components of the wine or discuss the flavors, talk about yep. the nose, talk about the finish, talk about some different things. That it, It's a educational component for me, yeah. and I have so much more fun doing that than just drinking up. Oh, I totally agree. And I think when you're doing this, that's that's one of the things to keep in mind is um, we kind of have to put that whole thought process. I want to try everything and, yeah. and be a little bit more like it's a very special event and, and don't go overboard. <laughs> Just want to remind everybody we're over at the Washington Wine Awards in 2013 here at the end of January. We're at McCall Hall. What a great venue that we're actually at. Also remind you that House Wines, with different different wines to choose from, House Wines have been bringing amazing wines to people's homes ever since 2004, delivering quality and, and taste in every vintage. They set the standard for the quality and complexity that the average consumer should expect with his or her everyday house wine. 
Go to www.originalhousewine.com. Wines for more info. It's such a fabulous time because, you know, when we do our commercials and we do our sponsors, which we thank very, very much for, we get a chance to taste our wines because sometimes we get a limited, you know, we only get one or two. And then here we get to see their wide spectrum of different wines they have. Oh, and yeah. it just tells you from Dillel Sillers to Girly Girl Wines to uh, Ryan Parker to KV. It's it's fabulous, and what I tell our new our embassy wines. Oh, they're, now one, they're on. one of the ones that we're I'm gonna really have a good time talking about because they're one of the newest ones to hit the market. Yep. So there's you know that's the other fun thing about the wine is um, there's always something new coming out, something fabulous. And right now it looks as if we are getting um, to try one of KB's wines. Uh, we have brought one of them over, and they're going to tell us a little bit about this fabulous wine that we he's have. Uh, Freddie here, tell us what we're drinking. We're drinking our 2009 KB Cuvée de Soleil. It's our uh, Bordeaux blend. Um, this is our Barrel Select uh, wine. And what I do is I taste through all of our Bordeaux uh, reds in the cellar and select the best ones all along when I'm tasting. I'm looking for uh, that wine's going to build the palate and make it a full wine. So I'm looking to fill that four, mid, and finish on, on the palate. Uh, this particular blend is 38% Cabernet, 23% Merlot, 15% Franc, and 15% Malbec, and 9% Petit Verdot. So it's a really nice, uh, big red blend. It tastes really good. How's your, uh, what's your experience of being here at the, the wine festival? Um, here at the wine festival, it's great because we get to uh, interact with a lot of trade, um, a lot of the, the movers and shakers and people that are buying Washington wines here in the Seattle market and, and in the greater Washington market. I love it. This, I like it. It's soft. It's fresh. This one's a fun one. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for letting us taste your wine. Really appreciate it. It's really nice. We'll be back around your table to have a little bit more. Oh, yes. And Sounds good. Thank you. One of the things before you leave, I want to say I had the privilege of coming to one of your wine dinners at KB, and I have to say you have one of the most interesting tasting rooms ever. So if anybody's out in your area, they definitely need to check you out. We look forward to seeing you. Where are you at? We are in Quincy, Washington, directly adjacent to the Gorge Amphitheater. So if you've been to the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington State, we're directly adjacent to it. And in Woodenville? Uh, we currently don't have a location in Woodenville, but looking. Cool. Thank you. Love we it. love it. Bring it on to Woodenville. That's, a, that's an important thing to notice that a lot of people who, you know, I, I made a... Uh, uh, I, I made a faux pas. I thought they were in Woodenville. One of the things to notice is that a lot of these wineries are in Walla Walla process, uh, down in the, you know, our 13 wine... Uh, Tri-Cities. Tri-Cities. All over. We have 13 wine uh, ABAs here in in uh, Washington. Wow. Uh, so Red Mountain, uh, Columbia Valley, Puget Sound. Uh, if you know them all, come by our table and we'll let you know how it goes. But one of the things that's important, there's a lot of wineries that they show up and come and go. Really great time. Uh, we're now, we just finished our second tasting. Um, well, I guess we it's time for us to um, introduce our topic. We started a little bit with our, our socially savvy hits, but socially savvy, the art of wine drinking and tasting. So when we say the art of wine drinking and tasting, what do we mean? There are always those guidelines that help you to know how to begin, but mostly it's about making the experience of wine drinking and tasting a joy for all of those around you. With that said, I want to formally introduce Stacey Lill of DeLille Cellars to give us some insights on the passion that most people go into winemaking to help us understand what it is in them, what's, what's in it for them, them more than just a paycheck. Because in my experience, you guys absolutely love, love, love what you do. And you know what? You hit the nail on the head because the key word of someone that goes into the wine industry is passion. And um, although you say they may win it for a paycheck, I'm here to tell you that there's may not be the case. Say, there's not very many uh, paychecks. Well, winemaking <laughs> wine itself, and the wine industry is comprised of many parts, right. uh, winemaking being one of them. But winemaking is certainly an art form. Yeah. So right. a lot of passion goes into this craft and this industry. Um, very few people go into it for the paycheck. Uh, the money uh, from owning a winery really comes from, you know, the sales uh, over t- over that t- comes through a lot of marketing, right. yeah. sales, um, where you're located, the, and the property and whether you own vineyards. Um, the real estate's a key component as far as that. But when it comes to the winemaking itself, it really is the passion. Yeah. And a lot of people get into the wine industry, which I had mentioned there's other parts to it. Um, but people get into it really because of the passion overall. Um, when it comes to you've got 
an industry that's comprised of these many components, including vineyard management, which is farming and agriculture. Um, there's the hospitality piece. Yep. There's sales and marketing. There's running the business. There's the tasting so rooms, wine clubs, etc. So, you know, the one thing that's really great about Washington Wines and how Washington works is that Washington is a statewide industry. It is. On the east side, we have all of the growers. That's where we grow the wine. Yep. The heat units over on the east are what make our wine what it is. Um, we've got this beautiful soil over there. We've got these um, naturally cool evenings that add a natural yep. acidity to Washington wines. On the west side, we have a lot of wineries that are involved on the west. Uh, Woodenville is a great example of that, where we have about 100 different wineries. But we can't grow fruit on our side. No. But if you take the wineries on the west side and the and then the components on the east side, wineries, vineyards, the agriculture piece, this is really an industry that's diversified, and it helps bring the east and the west together and makes our state in total a really great wine region. You said it a lot. A lot of it is, is passion, and you can tell. I don't know. I wouldn't say so much about old old wines, but definitely Washington wines, Oregon and California, but specifically Washington, is that when a winemaker has passion, you can taste it in the wines versus those are like, I got some grapes, we did the fermentation, we got the yeast, blah, blah, blah. You know the difference. And I think all of the winemakers that we've had on our show, they they have a passion. They live it. They breathe it. We, now, I will say there is a distinction between a winemaker and a grape grower. Absolutely, and, and well, a huge their perspective difference. And, and how they're entranced into it, how they're they're yep. worked into it. Um, and, and, well, and they each have a craft that is very specific to what they're doing. Yep. Because the grape grower, how they even plant and manage a vineyard, is very important to how that fruit turns out. And a different kind of uh, a grape growing, uh, well, of course, different grape growing, but different fermentation of the grapes, the way they, their taste palettes are. And uh, we've had a winemaker who's, he didn't call himself a winemaker, he calls himself a grape grower. Grape grower, yep. Yeah, and when you taste his wine, very good grapes, you know. Everybody we've had on the show, all the wine is really great. But you can taste the different type of uh, structure of the wine. For those of us that are in the wine and we sit and listen to it and we taste it and we're like, oh, you know, that's what makes our wine really good. You know, th- you know, wine making's come so far than the old days where you just throw it in the barrel and put some yeast and wait. Oh, it's now, really an amazing. art and a oh, science. Oh, wait, yeah. it's even better. So remember in the day when they say, okay, well, it's 50% Syrah and 50% Merlot and 2% this and 4%. Now they're starting to do single variety Syrah, but we're throwing some Red Mountain, throwing some Red, red or Rattlesnake, and for the fun of it, we're throwing some California Syrah. You're like, okay. Wow. Yeah, now, now it's not so easy to find that region in the flavor. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting very clean. So variety, but, you know, for those trying to take a simulate test, oh, good luck on that. But I know. Well, and that's one of the things that I decided that I wanted to try to do when I turned 50. So I've got seven years. And, and I realized in trying to learn my varietals that it just got really complicated. Yes. <laughs> well, important thing to know about varietals, and we're going to talk as we go into this uh, next little thing about when to decant when you use an aerator. Uh, I'll jump in and I'll, and I'll ask uh, Stacy about this. The difference, for those a technical point of view, the difference between an, a decanting and an aerator is decanting is you pour wine into a large wine uh, container. It could be glass, could be wood, could be plastic. Uh, the typical ones you'll find are crystal from uh, uh, Riedel, like a needle. Uh, and they sit needle. there and you let it air for an hour. An aerator goes through a contraction, and I forgot the scientist's name was, that as you pour it, it draws in air from the sides and basically aerates it as you go through. Uh, uh, for those that are very wine, heavy wine connoisseurs, they don't ever aerate their wine. What? Aerator? 2008, shut those up the pop. They wouldn't dare do it. But that said, there's one more thing, too, and I, I would brought the glass, but I forgot. Sorry. There's glasses that have little pits in the inside that when you swirl it, it actually aerates it. Aerate it. Right. So uh, when it comes to winemakers, and I'll go to Stasis, what's your opinion on aerating a wine, specifically uh, talking about Washington wines? And I'm not talking about, like, you know, the heavy-duty, uh, as I understand it, you grow your wines in a Washington New Age winemaking. Is that true? Um, yes, it's true. Uh, you know that there there really are different opinions on um, whether people like to aerate 
and decant. And it's very individualized, to be honest. When it comes down to it with wine, there are a lot of guidelines, but there's nothing that's set in stone. It really is individual to the person with what they like. But when it comes to decanting and aerating, decanting is usually a two-fold process that removes wine from sediment, and it's generally done in older wine. So when you decant, you decant more gently, and it's usually wines that are made in a style to last for a lot of years, and, you know, 10, 20, 30-plus years, and you certainly want to decant so you are separating that sediment from the wine. Now, you bring that a very important part, and I just kind of want to emphasize, when you decant, you're slowly pouring into another vessel of wine, and you're leaving the sediment as you pour it out of the glass very gently. There's an art form. When you go for your certified wine simulator, they, they want to see how you pour the wine gently into the decanter. We're not pouring it so that the sediment stays in the bottle and nothing gets into the wine. When Whereas an aerator, aerator, you just kind of pour it into the contraption and spins it and you're done. Well, and I think that um, also now with New World Wines, um, there are people that like decant and aeration might be a really crossover in terms because what the point is is to freshen up a wine and bring in oxygen. And so what we always do is if we, we kind of rough decant, if you're going to have a new wine, you really want to chug it in there and get that air in it, right. which is really the same thing that an aerator or a lot of these new, there's so many different styles. A lot of manufacturers are coming out with these different aerators, but the whole purpose of it is really just to get that oxygen, oxygen in, in there, freshen yeah. it up. So I got one for you. So me being the chef here around there, uh, guys, I don't know if you're familiar, the Modernist Cuisine is a six-volume cookbook. It goes for about $600. Well, one of the guys, the, the chef artist there, he talks about how to aerate your wine. What he does, he takes a hearty wine, he takes one of those food blenders, puts it in a glass, processes it, you know, and then he takes it out. He just aerated a wine. Oh, wow. I know. It's kind of crazy. Uh, you frosty, can see huh? Yeah, frosty. It lets it settle, and then it's cut. I, I don't know. You know, everyone has their, their style and their, their ideas, so yep. whatever works. Yum and yuck. So one of the other little arts of wine drinking and tasting, um, my second little note here was don't get drunk faster than anyone else. I think a lot of people, we go, we, we have dinner parties or we go to wine tasting, and, and everybody knows for the most part that they're probably going to get somewhat intoxicated. Um, the key no, to it is, is if you're going to be getting to whatever level of intoxication, of course, number one, make sure that there's a safe way for you to get home or stay where you're of at. Of course. Um, but number two, don't get drunk faster than anyone else. Uh, the, the whole point is for you to be able to enjoy everything at the same level. And if you are guzzling wine, you all of a sudden, and I guarantee it, you will become the ass of the party. <laughs> there's yeah. just no way around it. That happens. So you really want to be cognizant. Um, and if you're not sure, um, if you're a lightweight, then what I always do is I always judge myself off of the host. Yeah. So if there's a particular person who I know drinks a lot of wine or is hosting the party, um, and I happen to be a lightweight, I will drink half of everything that they're drinking. So I will ask for half pours when going to a tasting, or if I'm at a party and they're pouring for a dinner or whatever, I'll ask for half pours so that you can still be part of that social and drink slower. And you I mean, have to know your limits. Exactly. exactly. And we're not trying to demonize you for those that do, because we've all had that opportunity where we oh, drink more than yeah. we should. We're not trying to demonize <laughs> that, but you should just be aware. These you, are know. Just, you know, these are just our way of trying to make, you know, any experience that you go out there, the socially savvy art of drinking, drinking. and tasting. I mean, there's the thing about it is, is I, I try to caution people, there is no right or wrong. There's just that, that breaking point of when you're comfortable and when the people around you are, are comfortable. And we've also or not. talked about what's socially acceptable and unacceptable, and it is socially acceptable to touch your friend on the arm and kind of go, hey, are you okay? Don't sit there and go, you're bloody drunk. It's okay to go, are you all right? Is everything fine? It's totally unacceptable to go, you know. Go sit your drunk ass down. Yes. Well, you know, all of that does work. It does. Well, does really, work. If they really are over the top, that one. But one of the, the more, um, I should say, uh, hints that you can give somebody is grab a glass of water and say, hey, why don't you have some water? Yes. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, why don't you have some water, don't argue with them. Just start drinking the water. And that's a nice <laughs> way to do it, right? There is a nice way to do it. The 
key there. Don't argue with them. Don't argue with them. <laughs> Just understand that everybody's here together in this environment. They want to have a good time with you. If somebody's offering you water, if they're offering you excedrin, you've probably really gone too far and they're really worried about you. <laughs> you may not remember it. Hey, can I throw out a tip right here about oh, yeah. having to I do would with love uh, drinking I would a little bit it. too much wine? But one of the things uh, that I want to point out to everybody here who loves to drink red wine particularly, oh, I love red we've wine. all been somewhere, whether it be a dinner party, an auction, an event where people who are drinking red wine or have had quite a bit of red wine. Quite a bit. The red wine, it sticks to their teeth. So they've got purple teeth. Yes. Depending on how porous your teeth are, whatever, you've got purple teeth. Well, a tip for that, always have white wine with you. Oh. Put a little white wine around like mouthwash, Ooh, and nice. it will clear that red from your teeth. Ooh, I nice. like that. Not only does it work on teeth, but it actually works if you were to spill red wine on a white top, on a carpet. Ooh. White wine will take out red wine stain. Oh, yeah. okay. Everybody, we've got to write this tip down. We're going to blog this one. I like that. Yeah. I never knew that. But it works great on the teeth, believe me. While we're here over the wine tasting, uh, you will notice that all the glass wine glasses are all the same. A lot of people say, oh, well, I, got a, I need a red wine glass and a white wine glass and a pinot no grass and a sherry glass and all that. Different glasses do make a change uh, to the taste, and that's true. But in this type of environment, you know, it, 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 when you're just doing a quick taste of it, you don't have to worry about it. When you're at a dinner party and you have a host and you bring in different wine tasting glasses, one is a... Uh, uh, one is a, a bulbous shape, larger shape for a red wine, skinnier shape for a red wine, uh, for a white wine, uh, a bulbous glass that has a flare at the top for a Pinot Noir. A lot of that is, it depends on the wine. I, I, I'm guilty of drinking wine out of grape jelly jash. Um, plastic red soda yeah. cup. Not, not, my, not my preferred choice, but in a pinch. Actually, I've gotten to the point now where I bring my own wine glass. Like today, we brought wine glasses. Because we're still in work. Truly, at the end of the day, we don't want wine to be any kind of a, of a snooty no, situation not at, all. at all. Drink out of a red solo cup if you want. But I will say that what Jason was alluding to with the different types of glassware, it really does make a difference. That I've gone through tastings with uh, the Riedel, was actually with George Riedel, and tasted the wine very specific to the glass, a Pinot and a Pinot glass, oh, yeah. a Cab and a Cab glass, and you actually taste mix them up, and then he uses a plastic cup as a joker cup, oh, and wow. it makes a difference. It, it was one of the first time I did it, I was absolutely amazed because I did not believe that it would taste so different, but it really brings out the flavors, the intended yes. flavors that the winemaker wanted to be in that particular varietal. It will bring it out based on the glassware. Well, and I think that's one of the things that I really wanted to touch base on is a lot of people who don't drink a lot of wine, their question is, well, why the different kinds of glasses? Well, to, to, to really dumb it down, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but to really make it very simple for you, yep. different kinds of wine glasses will bring out the different flavors, um, like you're saying that the winemakers wanted you to taste. So um, if you're putting a white wine in a red wine glass, you're going to get a different exposure to that wine. It's not necessarily bad, but um, for those of you who really want to grab what it is the winemaker was trying to say, because when they make wine, that's what they're doing. They're speaking yep. to you. If you really want to grasp what that winemaker was trying to say to you, um, if you're not sure what kind of, when you go to buy the bottle of wine, you're not sure what kind, ask them. Again, ask them at the wine um, the wine tasting room, what kind of glasses would I like, should I look at getting with this? Um, and again, you, they don't have to be super expensive. Of course, you know, Rodell has theirs. Um, one of my favorites is Tiffany. I yep. love their wine glasses. Um, and everybody's got their favorites. You can, you know, a, a regular glass wine glass. It's the size and the shape of them that really will enhance yes. or detract from the wine. We did a show on that uh, a couple of seasons ago. Hey, yes. uh, the first time I met uh, Stacy, well, I met Stacy at a couple of different wine events, but when I got to sit down and actually talk to her and her husband, was over at Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery. Oh, yes. Oh, I yeah, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery. I want to give a shout-out to Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery. Who We love Gunnar. We love Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery. He's a sponsor of this show, and thank you, Gunnar, for that. The gallery is in the heart of Bellevue and epicenter of all things social. Gunnar brings new artists in each month that will enhance your home and your lifestyle. Come check out this friendly and unimposing gallery of contemporary artwork by art. It really makes you feel better. It does. Make sure you check out GunnarNordstrom.com for his latest work. Well, and he's yeah. been he 
has had some of the most fun, um, different kinds of artists. Like he had Dr. Seuss in. He was actually one of the only um, guys for Dr. Seuss that was an authorized dealer in Washington. He also brought in Disney this last year. Well, that's what I was going to say. Isn't that Disney next? Yes. Right now he's in the Disney stuff. So Disney was really a fun, fun time. Uh, the, uh, Dr. Seuss was great. They had a lot of arts and uh, sculptures and whatnot. Disney did it the same thing. He really brings it. He's really nice. When he's one of our favorite places to be at, which is always nice. Uh, we're getting ready to get ready for the, or getting ready to get ready. Doesn't that sound kind of funny? We're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're trying to flag down um, one of the wine. To, they were going to bring over their wine and talk to us a little bit about it. But I think but you know what. But you, you don't seem to be too hard right here with 50 wives, I know, wives, with 50 wives, right? but everybody's so engaged. It's like, hey, we're over here. <laughs> we're going to have the Russia State Awards. They're going to happen in, let's see here, in we 15 can, minutes. In 15 minutes. find out they, for this year. They did happen to say that they were running a little bit late, so I think that worked out well for us. Should we keep talking about socially acceptable and unacceptable? Uh, and we'll get to the wine here, I'm sure, say, in a minute. Socially acceptable and unacceptable because, well, blunt works best. Blunt works best. Sorry. I know people like to people like to think that they can catch a hint, but we really truly struggle with that. So, socially acceptable. My socially acceptable is it is acceptable to utilize a spit bucket, and we were talking about that earlier. Um, so many people are afraid to hurt others' feelings by spitting or pouring the remaining out of the glass. But the point of the bucket is to alleviate that stress. So when you use it, use it with a smile. Don't worry about it. That's what it's there for. It's definitely uh, it's definitely a fun time, uh, socially acceptable at a tasting event to kind of know your limit, know uh, what you're getting yourself into. Socially acceptable to ask questions. Socially acceptable, you know, they're going to charge you five dollars. Don't be an ass. That we're going to I'll talk more about when it gets into socially unacceptable. And we uh, can. Oh, here we go. We have Allison. Uh, I love Allison from Ambassador Vineyards. She's very great. Um, so we're really excited because Ambassador, you guys are one of the newest and hottest wineries to hit the market in Washington. Um, we happen to know two of the partners, so we're really excited to see you guys here today pouring your wines. Um, when did you guys launch your wines? Well, we planted our vineyard in um, in 2005. Uh, on Red Mountain, and we actually just released our first wines this past year. So we uh, had our first official release in June with our 2009 Thera and our 2009 Red Blend. Wow. And this past October, we released the wines that we're pouring here tonight, which is our Cabernet and our Diplomat Blend. So which one are we drinking right now? That's an excellent question. I, I believe you're probably drinking our Diplomat. I was going to say, I think this is yeah, the Diplomat. Like the diplomat. Yeah. diplomat, yeah. So that is 75% Cabernet and 25% Syrah. It's very subtle. I like this one. Um, I, a lot of people, when they're trying red wines, one of the, the biggest concerns is that they yeah. have a tendency to be too tenony or too bold. I think this would be a perfect introduction for somebody who is new to red wines. I agree. I agree. I think that the fruit in this is just nice and mellow, but with that 25% Syrah just really gives it a nice kick and a nice finish on the end. Um, and it's an easy wine to drink, I think. So, yeah, for somebody that's just getting into wine. Oh, definitely. Wine. Well, it was thank delicious. And thank, thank you, you so much. I'm so excited to see what happens with your wines this year. Thank and you. How's your uh, impression of our event today? I think this is a fabulous event. This is our first time here, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, and it's just been a great time meeting a lot of people and, and um, seeing all the wonderful wines. It's been a lot of fun, you know, to meet the people of our industry, you know, when they're selling the wines in an in a environment that we can all ask silly questions, you know, yeah. why'd you do this? How was life? And everything else. Yeah. Cool. Well, great. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Oh, there we go. We had the first knock over a glass. And I did it. I drank over a white wine bottle. You know what? Bottle. I'm so glad it was you and not me. <laughs> hey, but at least it wasn't on your, your computer I know. It wasn't time. on my computer this time. That's, that's, we're getting hey, somewhere. Know, it is fun. So we got another wine to taste while we're here. It's going to be our one of our uh, original name brand wineries that started in corner, uh, Washington. One of the cornerstones of Washington yeah. winemaking, which, you know, we have a it's privilege. It's a special one that they have. Oh. So are you ready? Oh, so, yes. One of the so, things. We're going to go ahead and try a Chateau Saint-Michel wine. Okay. That, um, it's part of their artist series. They do this every year. It's a meritage, and 
It has a beautiful nose. 2009 red wine um, from Columbia Valley. But this year's artist is Andre Pedersen. Nice. And his vision is capturing the essence of a split second of time on canvas. And you can see from this beautiful beautiful. label, it's um, it's really gorgeous. Part of the Sam Michelle artist series. Yes, the artist series. So the front is an old-time typewriter. No, no. Old-time register where you punch in the numbers and you go ka-ching and it puts the imprint of how much you spent. Have been really uh, popular and outstanding. I, I've been purchasing these for years. They've had artists like Dale Chihuly, Ginny Ruffner. Oh, nice! Um, just some really, really amazing artists have graced the labels of the Sam Michelle Artist Series. Well, and that's one of the things that I have to say has been so fabulous about Washington Wines, and and I know other other wineries have done this before, but Washington takes such pride in in all of the different aspects of the marketing that they love having the um, local artists jump in and and featuring them and showing them off. I just think that that's amazing. It's definitely. And uh, another thing that I, um, as we're still talking about, it's socially uh, savvy, acceptable, totally socially acceptable. Uh, is that when you add a wine tasting and you're drinking at the table, okay, and you're doing the wines from top to bottom, usually ask the, the wine pourer, what, where should I start off first, unless you have oh, direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then when she pours or he pours your glass, step back. And what I mean by step back is, is that don't sit there and hog the table. Let other people come in there and get the oh, glass. Oh, so take your, take your glass with you and step back. Okay. Right. Kind of I was so like, what do you, you want me to step back away from my wine? behind you to also get their wine. Yes. Think if you were the That's guy in really the back and can't get your glass up to the counter. So there's always plenty of time to ask questions oh, and talk to people. But uh, definitely step back and let like others that. get their wine in their glass. So my favorite part, and kind of elegantly into this, Socially unacceptable because well, well, blood works best. But before we do that, uh oh, girly girl wines, a woman's wine company designed to serve women who are young at heart and enjoy their girly time in their daily life. Girly girl wines also donates a part of its proceeds to help fund different types of cancer research. Check them out at www.girlygirlwines.com. And they're here today. They are here today. And one of our fabulous sponsors. We, I have to say, working, being socially savvy and working with wines and and wine being such a big part of being social, to be able to try all of these amazing wines is way more fun than than you can even describe. I mean, how many fabulous wines have we tried this last year? Oh, yeah. It's just too fun. So we love our wine sponsors and we want to thank all of you. Okay, socially savvy, unacceptable. Uh, it is. It, I think, you know, when we talk about socially unacceptable, a lot of times, so we're walking around the table, people go, what is socially savvy? What is it you do besides the radio talk thing? Socially savvy is we talk about things in society that people don't want to talk about. Well, yeah. Uh, food and wine. Well, we, yeah, we can talk about food and wine and all that, but when you talk about socially unacceptable, we're not here to beat you over the head because you're being an idiot. We're here to kind of give you a hint. Well, the whole goal is, yes, is you have indicated because you're out in public that you want to be social. Yes. So we are here to help make that experience more fun for you. And when we give you a hint and you don't get it and we give you a socially acceptable and you don't get it, then we move on to the socially unacceptable because that's where we point out that literally you have a booger hanging out of your nose. Yeah. So with that said, I'm going to start with my booger. Then I'm going to tell you that it's hanging out of your nose. Oh, no. Right away. It is socially unacceptable to use terms like, this wine is crap, or this is disgusting. Which drinking wines you do not find to your liking. It's rude and it's insensitive. Wine drinking is very personalized, and when judging while in the mixed company, you want to make sure that everybody around you is comfortable. Because when you make a, you could have a very um, eclectic palate, you could have a very advanced palate. The second you, as somebody who's maybe drank more wine than the person standing next to you, say something is crap, number one, you make them feel uncomfortable. Number two, the winemaker or somebody's in the area, that's just plain disrespectful. And number three, you can put off a lot of people by having negative connotation towards the flavor of a wine that, guess what, somebody in that room may really, really like. 
Well, that's the thing is that it's, wine is such a personalized deal. It's important to, it, it's great to share your comments and your thoughts, but do yeah. it in a way that allows other people's ideas to be heard and their own ideas to formulate about how they feel about that wine. It's just really, I mean, I, I know there's some listeners who go, yeah, people don't do that. No, really, they do. I've been at wine season. I've heard that before. Oh, this wine is crap. It's like, it's like, don't say that. It's like, you know, go outside, go away. I had a, a situation with somebody where um, I was at an event here recently, and that was exactly what happened. Um, they were looking at me, and we poured the glass, and the person who was presenting it was, like, right there. I mean, we're talking as close as Stacey and I am right now. And this woman turns it around, and she goes, this wine is crap. And I looked at her, and I go, what did you say? Now, she had the good grace to walk away from me, but it was everything I could do to not just smack down on this woman. <laughs> number one, she was drinking wine that was being provided complimentary. Number one. Number two, if the flavor is not to your liking, it, it's the same thing. If you like olives, I hate olives. So should I look at you and go, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? You like olives? I like olives. What the hell? That's wow. rude. That's just rude. It's just rude. You know, the Don't thing is, is that our taste buds are all different, and people are going to like different wines. And you know what, Jason? If you and I were sitting here and you, the, the red wine that you're drinking, if you loved that and it wasn't my particular favorite, just push it away. Go like it's that. okay to say, you know what? I, it's just not what I prefer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Push it away. Well, Although, I will come back and go, you don't like olives? <laughs> I don't like olives. I know I don't like olives. Well, the other thing too is the olives are almonds. Olives. I love almonds. That's like kind of loud in here, but oh, olives. Do you say are... almonds? No, I love almonds. I don't oh, like olives. You're not very French, Shelby. You know, I know. the French I have olives, them. almonds, and wine she always. She doesn't like guacamole either. She's supposed to be Hispanic. <laughs> okay, so now it's okay. We're all excited for our things. Are we talking about that? I got one that talks about going to an event and food. It is totally, totally, totally unacceptable. If it, let's, I'll put it in the time frame. The event starts at 6 and ends at 8. It's totally, totally unacceptable <laughs> to get there at 7 and go, where's the food? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh you're late. It's gone. It's gone. Just get over it. It's like, I'm sorry. If, and, this is a, and that goes to a socially hint. If you really want, and if you go to an event and they say heavy appetizers, show your ass up on time. Wow. Well, I, like, I, I wasn't going to say show your ass up, but what, that's... No, 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 here we go. The Washington Wine Awards are such a fabulous venue, fabulous event. Guess what's here when it opened at 3? Guess what you could eat, which are gone now? Oysters. Oysters. Yeah. Not just cheapy Olympic oysters, but kushis. Komamotos. Oh, wow. Yummy. These are retail $15 a See, I'm a, I'm a baby oyster. It's like I've had See? maybe three times in my life, and, and I have a hard time with them. I'm so trying to learn. You show up on time, <laughs> and you show up on time, you get to have good stuff. Oh, my goodness. Guess what I see over here. Look what I see over there. No, I know, and I'm not drinking. I'm going to drink. Gonna, I think this is, is our wrap-up the show. With that is. Yeah. We are we wrapping up the show. So we've got to hold off on You're that. Hold off. So there's a hint, guys. We see something. It's beautiful. It's the fourth letter of the alphabet. A B C D D two D two. Okay. All right. Hold on. So I said mine. So Stacey, what is your? So you've been in the industry for quite a while as well. What is your socially unacceptable? The thing that makes you want to smack down. You just want to hit them. You just want to go. Back right up the head. Besides that one, the other one. No, you guys have said some really good uh, smackdown things. And, you know, one thing I might mention is that, for social etiquette anyway, if you're with a large group and you want to go out wine tasting, don't just presume that you can take a w- large group and just walk into any old tasting Amen, room sister. and expect to oh, get yeah. the kind of service that you really deserve. Make sure that you're uh, respectful of the winery. Call ahead. Reserve your space. That is such which an is awesome great thing. etiquette. Yes. yes. Call ahead. But it allows the winery to be prepared for your group and give you the best service possible. Well, and I think Amen. a lot of people forget, too, that um, it is your goal. The, the wine tasting rooms are open, and they they have a certain thought process of how many people they have come through on a Wednesday or a Saturday, and they staff accordingly. Now, if you are taking a group of 15 people and you're all excited about this experience and you don't give them a heads up, they can't give you the best service, which is what they want to do. They want to answer their, your questions. They want to interact with you. They want you to, to get the most from it. So, in, in the in the words of Jerry Maguire, help me to help you. Well, exactly. That's it. Help <laughs> me to help you. And, you know, we have to, unfortunately, at our tasting room, we have to turn away larger groups um, if they haven't called ahead because the tasting room is it's so busy bad. on a regular basis yeah. that in order for us to accommodate those groups, we really need to have a, re- a reservation. Yeah. 
Seattle Wine Exchange, your personalized wine service, a local, independently owned company providing personalized service to the wine enthusiast. They specialize in creating unique wine events, providing personal wine consultation, and offering retail sales of superior quality wine, beer, and hockey. Check them out at SeattleWineExchange.com and at their blog, blog.SeattleWineExchange.com. Thank you. Uh, this year, coming in February, we'll be having our wine club that will be doing a proceeds to a charitable event, and we'll get more into that later. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about when you're looking at wines, we have, we've been tasting wines all day long, and I haven't really oh, talked so about uh, the color and the clarity and all that. And um, I, am, I, I have a nice red wine glass from another vintner, and I have uh, the D2 in front of me. We're not drinking it yet, but I just want to show you the color. I noticed you have it in front of you first. The, the clarity, oh, we can drink it now if you want. The clarity <laughs> of the color is called crystal ruby, meaning that it's very crisp, very nice, clean color. And that's 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 uh, conducive of a wine that has a lot of passion. Most wines that aren't really that passionate, they just kind of throw it together. It's a little muddy looking. It's still kind of clear, but it's not very bright. That's a wine color that comes across. And people say, "Oh, well, I'm having a nice, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon," and it's uh, it's kind of muddy. That means it's just not very brilliant. Well, one of the other things, and I'm just going to run this by you, muddy can also happen in a really old wine that yes. has not been rotated properly. So if you're looking at an older bottle, you know, what is it, like maybe seven, eight, ten years? Oh, definitely. Be aware that that muddy is not uh, a degeneration necessarily no. of the wine. It is just because it's been sitting for so long. And when you pour old wine, correct me if I'm wrong, you want to be very, very careful so that you can separate that sediment that has kind of settled into the bottom. Well, uh, Greg and I were out the other night, and he grabbed a bottle of wine to bring to a um, restaurant, which that brings me to a point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little etiquette tip before I tell you what my story Go really was. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, so one of the things is, is that if you ever are going out to a restaurant and you want to bring your own wine, there is some specific etiquette to that, and that is that um, know that if you bring a wine in, you will be expected to pay a corkage fee, yep. but do not bring a wine into the restaurant that they will have on their current wine list. That is very poor yes. etiquette. The yes. restaurant probably won't allow you to open it. Um, the intention of bringing your own wines is usually to bring older vintages that they don't have themselves. Yeah. So, well, and it's an, a special experience as well. You're, we're going to have to wrap this up fast. Yes. So I think so. I think it so. sounds like the restaurant awards are it happening. It sounds like the restaurant awards are going to happen. Um, the Little Cellars celebrating 20 years of excellent wines, still a family-run winery. They have perfected the balance between employing modern techniques to achieve great quality wine while maintaining the scrupulous respect for tradition. Visit their charming heritage house and, and tasting venue located in the heart of Woodville Wine Country between the roundabouts. Thank you, guys. Um, Drank D2. We are going to be checking out. Um, we want to remind you to uh, go to Socially Savvy and like our page. We are now getting quiet because the event has happened, so make the Socially Savvy um, Week better because you were there and have a Socially Savvy Week, everybody. Take Thank care. Thank you. See you guys.